I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Peep. And it's time for episode number 309 of Video Games Beep Dog, a podcast about beep games. Leave a message at the beep. Beep. Um, how's it going, guys? Okay. I've got a sore throat. Oh, no. So you're going to have to do all the talking. Pretend it's that episode that you did without me. Uh, did we do an episode without you? Yeah. You yeah. don't remember? It was one week <clears throat> ago today. Well, but you were on it in spirit because you you did an entire hour of audio. I phoned in later. But I wasn't here for it, and you guys did fine. Yeah, <coughs> well, yeah, because we talked about Mario for like an hour. <laughs> hey, do you want to talk about Mario for an I, hour? I made a joke at the end of that that we talked about it for half an hour. It was and much it, longer. It was actually 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And so you talked about Mario much. Odyssey about as long as I've played it. Okay. Um, we can talk about that later. We can. But now we need to talk about stuff that isn't video games, like oh, my shit. sore throat yeah. and Riff's toy boat. <laughs> do you want to tell us about your... And Kevin's grip top socks. Trip... Are there interesting things that you did uh, that you can express maybe through pantomime on this audio podcast? Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. Um, one running gag that uh, we didn't say anything about on the last show is every time we saw anyone in New Zealand on any sort of conveyance, like we saw some people hiking down the side of the road and we would say, one does not simply hike into Mordor. We saw somebody on an ATV herding sheep, which that was a weird mix of old and new, a real right. juxtaposition there. One does not simply ride a four-wheeler into Mordor. You use a hat to herd sheep in Mario Odyssey. Yeah? You use a hat to do pretty much anything. No, yeah, I know. I've played 45 minutes true. of it. I herded okay. so many sheep. I don't think Mario ever gets to Mordor. I don't think any Odyssey ever gets there. Would you describe the journey of Frodo and his fellowship as an Odyssey? I would. He was beset by uh, by by, by obstacles and sirens. Yeah, there was Cyclopes. a point where he had to go between Scylla and the Barrow White. Did the word Odyssey mean a journey by Odysseus b b before the book? No, I don't think so because I think poem? it's named after Odysseus. Okay, yeah. So if it had been about you. People would refer to a long, arduous journey beset by peril <laughs> as a gym. Yeah. Or I was going to say as a storm dance. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, that would be a pretty good name for it. Whatever happened with that, Jim? Storm dance? Yeah. Still haven't done the paperwork. Well, you haven't oh. done it? I thought you had done I it. I thought you were waiting filed. for it to come yeah. back. No, no. It's, it's something that we're, we still need to like actually. Oh, you're not going to do it. Uh, we're, we're, do you have a statute of lame limitations? We're going to do it because Facebook won't let us change our name without it. And that's the... <clears throat> That's the real... You have uh, to make it Facebook official. That's what the tweens say when they... That's, that's right. what they mean when they say that, right? So is your relationship still just complicated? Uh, the They they let you change your relationship status. Without All relationships proof. are complicated, Kevin. They don't require like an uh, affidavit. Uh, who, who would... I guess you just get it notarized and then you could show it to the Facebook officials. Yeah, well, a copy of your marriage license. Yeah, what is they, an affidavit? What is an affidavit? Mm -hmm. It's a legal declaration of something no i said what is an aphid david <laughs> oh i forgot your name and what an that's aphid one of those was. little insects that uh yeah that an, that ant, an ant milks yeah except my name isn't david either ant milks was my least favorite of my mom's siblings <laughs> she ran a dairy <laughs> might not have been oh, a real that's, name that's convenient i mean <laughs> we might not do it really yeah. <laughs> i hope we get around to it someday it seems like... Is there a statute of limitations on that? Do you have like a year to do it? No, it's a I statute mean, it, of limits. It, would be, it would be separate from the, the marriage. I'm sorry, you're not Asian. It would be a separate event, so it wouldn't matter when it happens related to the, relative to the marriage. Okay. So are you going to change your last name to 
McDougalberry. <laughs> I said I don't think I know April's last name. <laughs> so I'm just going to assume it's McDougalberry. I mean, we currently just have our old last names, both of us. Right. So you didn't want to just change like, some somebody's last name on the marriage certificate, or can you no, not? No, we didn't. You can't just change it to an arbitrary thing. You have to. Change no, it you to, have to change it to. Um, one of you has to change your name to the other's name, and that's just or easy. to like some. I think. I think you're also allowed <laughs> like some combination of the two names, like hyphenations. Yeah. Or, uh, but it has to be one of the. You, you can't just change a, a person's name to any arbitrary thing and you can't change both names does her name have dad in it because you could be crawdad uh no it does not okay uh does her name have fish in it mm, no nope. yeah, that's an interesting question i've never because like you hear about people going with like the hyphenated last names but i've never heard of anyone doing a portmanteau oh uh i just went to a wedding where they did it where they changed their last name to a portmanteau of their really names. neat yep yeah yeah. What, um, what was it? Mimsy? No, it was Belvy is the new last name. Hmm. Uh, Jerry Holkins of Penny Arcade. Holkins is a portmanteau of whatever his. I think it was Holcomb and then whatever her name was. Huh. Hulk Hogan and yeah. Uh, man, it would have been good if I had been able to think of a wrestler whose name ended with Kins. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gravekeeper. <laughs> sure. That's also not a wrestler. <laughs> the <laughs> Gravekeeper. <laughs> It's, it's like not, the Crypt Keeper, it's not anything but Jim. lamer. <laughs> I'm just imagining trying to, like, dig a grave with a folding chair and then, like, filling okay. it up with folding chairs. Mm. And <laughs> just yep. and putting a bunch of folding chairs around it to have a funeral. Well, yep. that actually does happen. Yep. Shit. Um, you think they could afford but, better chairs. But then they don't beat each other with, like, after the, somebody says something wrong at the the funeral and then they just start, everybody just gets up and takes their chair and starts wailing on all, everybody mm. else. Uh, and then the, the final down count just goes on forever. Right. <sighs> That's sad. Wow. That would be a, yeah, that'd be a kind being of being the referee at a funeral, yeah. if, uh, the, being the referee <laughs> at a wrestling themed funeral where you had to just keep counting until you died. <laughs> and then another referee had to come and, and it's just a pile of referees. With the top one, I just guess you could counting just count, and counting and counting. You could count to ten, that would be sad, because then they didn't get up, right? Um, nothing else interesting happened in Australia or New Zealand. You saw like a you saw like a bunch of animals. I did, yeah. Uh, how many of them and... were poisonous? None. How, about, oh. how many? Of them well, were I didn't venomous? eat any of them, so I don't know. That's not true. I totally did. Oh, that's true. I misspoke. I should have said how many of them were venomous. Mm-hmm. You should have said how many of them were poisonous monster. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what was your favorite thing that you ate there? Uh, little slabs of uh, kangaroo. I was going to say au gratin, but what I meant is whatever you call it when meat is raw. Uh, oh, red meat is raw. Sashimi. Uh, uh, no, that's one fish. Tartar. Yeah, kangaroo tartar. But it was it was like lime juice cured. Uh, Damien kept referring to it as a ceviche. But it's not a ceviche. It's kind of a ceviche. Slabs of meat that had been cured in lime juice. Yeah. They're, they were still and like, chilled they were still like right. bloody red. Wow. They were hot. They were warmed up at least. Real, real good. Like super tender meat. Apparently <laughs> only parts of a kangaroo are good to eat because a lot of their muscles are For like kicking. incredibly strong. So I, I made the claim at dinner today that I like most food. I'd like to change my answer mm-hmm. <laughs> to no. I, I don't want that. What? That same place also served us a radish, like a single half of a radish. It was a coarse? Plated, yeah. Wow, really? It was a salad. 
A single half of a radish. It was so good. Everything in this restaurant was so good. If you ever find yourself in Robe, Australia, A, uh, the hotels do not have robes. Uh, B, go to the restaurant, gather, and eat everything. It's like all this locally sourced stuff. Do they not have robes because it would be like too on the nose? I think so. Okay. Also, that's not how you wear a robe. (laughs) You're thinking of a Biore poor perfect Mm. strip, which they did have. Or if you do that trick where you hang a spoon from your nose. You're thinking thinking of the Shakespeare, uh, that's the robe. Right. Um, have you, Riff, can you do that thing where you hang a spoon on your nose? Oh, yeah. I can't. I've never been able to. I've, I've had some success. Yeah? yeah? You also can juggle, though. That's true. Can you roll your tongue into a tube? Mm-hmm. Can I can do you... a tube. I can't, I can't flip it upside down. Mm. Can you, oh, yeah, you, Kevin can flip his upside down. That's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, can you do the thing where you make a sine wave out of it? I don't. Can you wiggle your ears? No. I can't either. Can you wiggle your ears, Jim? Uh, I don't think so. Can my you cousin's... roll your tongue into a tube? Yes. Can my you cousin's... wiggle somebody else's ears? <laughs> yes. With your tongue? We're trying to teach I me guess. how to do it. Without getting in trouble. They, had, they said uh, they had to some learn. Some people. Okay. That it wasn't just something that they just... Yeah. Like, they had to, like, stare at a mirror and... That, that kind of happened, like, because I can wiggle my nostrils, and that was oh, a trick... Like, flare them? Yeah, like, on purpose. And that was a trick yeah. that, that some of us uh, worked out on purpose in order to... Uh, in order to win staring contests <laughs> because it would make the other guy laugh. Hmm. I can raise one eyebrow, but not the other one. And vice versa. Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can, I can wink, but only with both eyes at the same time. Okay. I, can, I can wink with either eye, which is, although I, it used to be that I, favored like winking with one of them was easier than the other but i forgot which one and now i can't tell anymore (laughs) how often do you wink not all that often although actually i guess like uh like in circumstances where i'm looking at something really close up i might close one eye to get a better view on it or something that sounds like squinting it's like a long wink yeah you can I do just the carry same around thing by covering it with your hand. I just carry around one of those eye doctor, uh, like rice cooker spoons that oh, they yeah. use to <laughs> cover one of your eyes. <laughs> they use to cook your rice and also mm-hmm. your eyes. Well, to serve it. <laughs> it says to serve rice on the package. It's a cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, um, that's there's mm. no irony there. Wait a minute. <laughs> what have you been up to, Riff? Uh, I've been playing a bunch of the new, uh, Pandemic Legacy. Are you still playing it by yourself? Yep. I actually kind of prefer it by myself, because I can take as long as I want to puzzle over strategy. And you don't have to worry about getting into arguments about what to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, pretty good, I, I can't talk about it in detail, because I would hate to Spoilers. spoil any of it. Uh, I'm about halfway through, and so far the story is not as interesting as in the first one, but it does a lot of really interesting mechanical stuff that's different from the first one. So it's. Yeah, I remember it's the board starts good. out almost blank, right? Yeah, it's got a it's got a kind of an exploration component to it that's pretty cool. Is the narrative conceit that it is in the same world as the yes, first pandemic? Actually, yeah the. Uh, 
Uh, I guess I, this this isn't really a spoiler because this is like the first thing you learn, but it's like seven. It's like the the events of like the the canon the canon story is that the although the uh, the the plague from the first game was ultimately stopped, the it, the um, a second plague was released because of like uh, plot things that occur at the end of that game and the that second plague has pretty has nearly wiped out everybody and now it's like 72 years later and everything's like not quite like post holocaust because it's it's still or post apocalypse because everything is still sort of barely hanging on but you're like you've got these sort of ocean uh haven research stations that that your guys are from and are trying to prevent the ultimate like destruction of of everything collapsing but but the are there complicated boat rules uh they're not complicated really it's it's just a different form of traveling around the map do you use toy boats to indicate where the boats are (laughs) in the game no but you could you could get some toy boats and presumably the people who are the victims of this pandemic have sore throats. It's true. Get a toy boat for your sore throat. Get a better idea for what this game should be called. Plague 2.0. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody else to have the idea <laughs> that I was pitching. I was trying to think of some way to turn it into pants. What have you been up to? Pantdemic. Uh... I don't pant denim. Pant denim. Oh yeah. Pant denim. Pandem. Pant denim. Leg. I see. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I. Oh, I went to Rogue Like Celebration. Oh yeah, talk about that. Uh, that was cool, actually. Jim, uh, did you go to Rogue Like Celebration? No, I was sick. Fuck. It's sad. Uh, it was a bunch of talks by people who make roguelikes and play roguelikes and like roguelikes like uh there was discussion of what the term means there was a bunch of still talking about that okay just all right i was unaware of the earliest history of the term Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was literally like a game that is like rogue well sure but then what did that mean like what were the features that they were talking about and specifying and yeah. it was almost there, all... I mean, there were only a few games well there are only a few games back then that that people still remember now that were called roguelikes sure and they uh, were like like hack and angband in the most early days yeah uh they and they, they and they both took like way more from that game thematically and structurally and in like in the details than i would say is nece- necessary for being a roguelike uh the the thing that they really were hung up on was that it was a like the UI of mm-hmm. the game as being the important thing. The fact that it's a character, like a text character based game. Um, they Ooh. did not talk about they did not talk about procedurally generation procedurally generated levels. They did not talk about permadeath. They did Wait, not who, talk who, about. So they're just trying to come up with seriously? a new wrong definition of rogue. So, like. No, no, no. Yeah, this was. I'm like, saying this is. No, no, no. This, this is, these is the are, early history. This is the, these are the initial. This is the initial definitions. Oh, of roguelike. I see. Oh, like is, like oh, in Wreck okay. Games, roguelike yes. in 1985 or whatever. Exactly. When they were the proposal for a Wreck Games, roguelike. Right. 
Yeah. Gotcha. But, I mean, even so, the ASCII graphics are like the the least interesting part of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's one of those situations time. where you don't see it for what is important, right? Like, it takes years and years for things to... It to takes com- until Toe Jam and Earl for people to realize <laughs> what the essence of a roguelike is. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but yeah, it took it took like 15 or 20 years before people started talking about procedural generation as the like core yeah. asset. So is this just a history of the argument about what a roguelike is? It was just a history of people defining it. Not so much the, the argument. Did they touch on the Boston definition? They touched on the Berlin definition. Yes. Uh, Those two are the same. Basically, yes. Um, I mean, Boston was classically split into two different cities with a big true. wall between them. Yep. Uh, that wall being the ocean and East Boston being Dublin. Okay. <laughs> and Dublin's on the east coast of Ireland, isn't it? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, anyway. I, think I think it's... Yeah, fuck, I know. What do you suppose the city is that's closest to Boston? <laughs> but... But to the east. But to the yeah. That's an excellent question. Uh, Bermuda City, Bermuda. Bermuda is is east of Boston, but I think. But uh, name a city in Bermuda. A city in Bermuda. Mm-hmm. I can't. Triangle. Can, can you can you name a city in Bermuda? I can't. Anyway, Bermuda is East Boston. <laughs> That's okay. the Bermuda definition for Rogue. All right. Uh, and then a lot of people talked about the games that they'd made and, and some procedural generation stuff that they did. And, Do you remember um, the historic moment where they tore down the, the Atlantic Ocean one wall. drop of water at a time? <laughs> yeah. You can still buy pieces of it as <laughs> souvenirs. Uh, there was one. There's one thing that I think would have been you would have enjoyed, which is a sort of the procedural generation of the histories. And I think it's Caves of Cud, Q-U-D. Uh, where they, inst- when you start the game, they instantiate like five sultans that existed through history, and they use that to generate um, and change place names and artifacts throughout the world. Um, <clears throat> and then they just pepper the world with sort of monuments to those, you know, long forgotten, re- nearly forgotten people. And you, you, Discover those er- those monuments, which then create quests to go to the place that they're referring to or recover the item that they mention, which I think is a neat way to do procedural quests because it's it forces it's like getting you out to explore the world and and whatnot. So last year, all these talks went up on YouTube. So I'm imagining that's going to happen yeah. this year as well. They so. were they were broadcast on Twitch, so they were definitely being recorded in one format form yeah. or another. So all this stuff should be available to watch if not now then soon yeah our friend mike laser walker did a talk he did yeah, he, he was for a moment mike laser talker he uh he talked about his um sort of procedurally generated poetry walk in fort mason i didn't get to do that because i was unwilling to update my phone to ios 10 oh and he oh. messed up and made it so it only worked on ios 10 and it it's was still available if you have since updated I have. Now I'm refusing to update to iOS 11. Eventually, I'm still on nine. I will be peeing and I'll accidentally hit the mm. wrong link. With your stream of urine? Mm-hmm. 
that's, yeah, that's where your works. Hulk's phone. I mean, I have the, the a urinal pregnancy, is just a, phone a pregnancy test or... app on my phone. <laughs> that oh. I, I was thinking like maybe a, you had a could, urinal cake app. It could be like a, a tablespoon app where you, you like cover this circle with a fluid to get a tablespoon of fluid. Hmm. Yeah, because it's very important to me to measure the amount of urine that I produce. Right. So I can write it down in my urine diary. Right. <laughs> my diary, I call it. Diurinal. Because you're awake during the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and always peeing. Yeah. What time? What time? <laughs> what time were the other talks? Uh, it was. It was held at uh, the GitHub headquarters, which is a cool space. Really, it's not a fucking. <laughs> just absurd maze of nonsense connections between rooms that everybody's expected to understand. Uh, there are definitely some of those things. There's some weird shipping containers that are like carved out in strange ways, <clears throat> just sort of in the middle of the space that I don't exactly understand their purpose or, or reason for being, um, but they have a giant bar and I think they have three, Hidden bars behind bookcases. A giant barrier to entry. Yeah. Uh, what are some other talks? There were. There was a. There's a, a round of lightning talks at the end, uh, where one guy was like, I think it was the guy who did Artemis, the. Um, the Star Trek Star bridge, Trek bridge game. control simulator. Uh, he talked about making some code to do UI, like. Uh, sort of uh, procedurally generated UI. So you just like create the interesting aspects of what you want your character to be or whatever. And then you just throw it in there and then you just sort of drag things around and it resizes text and sort of replaces it according to some rules so that you can get an idea of what you might like your UI to be. So it's like, it's like for really early prototyping. Um, I thought that was kind of a neat, it was a neat idea, and it was neat that he could just share that in like a five-minute quick little lightning talk. Um, what were the other lightning talks about? Uh, there was one that was talking about uh, sort of a game jam thing. There were two that were like just reading some roguelike fan fiction. <laughs> um, it just They were just sort of all over the place. Uh, there was one, one of my favorite talks was actually about slime molds, which had nothing to do with roguelikes in specific but just sort of thematically connected it was like the default food name in yep. NetHack. hack yeah exactly uh and which i always thought was pretty dumb because it's the fruit but it is nothing like fruit what do you mean it's the fruit it's i'm pretty sure that the variable yeah, that is replaced fruit. with is called fruit equals uh, slime mold in the config file well okay Slime molds are a weird organisms. They are not, they're uh, single-celled organisms. Not like a hand fruit, though. It's true. It's not like a hand fruit. But you can eat them, and they'll, they're approximately sometimes the same size as a hand fruit. A single cell the size of a hand fruit? Yeah, it's fucking weird. They're bizarre organisms. They, they move at like uh, 1 to 10 millimeters uh, a minute or an hour. Somewhere in there, you I mean down your down your throat when you eat them. You sure? Yeah, yeah. If you just wow, that them sucks. Whole. You can't breathe for a really long time after you swallow one of those whole. Well, if they fill up the whole esophagus, sure. Well, don't they? Don't they expand to fill whatever container they're in? They can solve mazes. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, they can because they'll grow. Be? They'll send experimental tendrils out until they find a source the whole of food, maze. and then they will strengthen the tendril that finds food. Yeah, seems a lot like uh, neurons almost. 
hmm. in that way. I wouldn't call that solving a maze. Well, yeah, brute forcing a maze. They find a solution to the maze. It's just not what you might think of as sort of an intelligent. If you asked it how to get out of the maze, it would not be able to tell you. It's too busy eating. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That was that was that was a fun time this week. Also, weekend. wouldn't be able to get to the exit of a maze if you didn't put a bunch of sugar at the exit of the maze. Fair enough. Yes. I mean, uh, I bet you'd be able to. It just doesn't the, have any motivation. We put <laughs> cheese in maze for rats, and we talk about them solving mazes. That's true. We put power pills in mazes for Pac-Man. <laughs> right. Um. Oh man, would would a rat maze experiment? Uh, be more be more useful if you also put a bunch of rat ghosts in there. Oh man, certainly be more motivating to get to the power pill. How do we know that there aren't rat ghosts? Yeah, sure in a way, I, I think you can only true. see ghosts for anim- for the That's kind of animal that the, you are. All the rats that died <laughs> trying to get out of the maze, and even then, only when it's spooky. Right. So maybe if it's like well lit, the rats can't see all the ghosts of the previous rats. I mean, they can probably sense them. A chill runs down their little rat spine. The hairs on the back of their tail stand up. <laughs> and they're all like, Ugh, a sparrow walked over my grave. Yep. Instead of a, instead of a goose. Because they're smaller. Wait, what? Oh, okay, yeah. Did a goose walk over your grave? Yeah, yeah. sometimes when you get you a chill, unex- an unexplained chill, you can say, Ugh, goose walked over my grave. Why a goose? I, it's just what you say. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just an idiom. Why an idiom? Well, no, is that is that where uh, getting goosed comes from? I don't think so. I think that's like, oh, it's as though a goose just bit me on my bum hole. Okay. They'll do that. They'll just come up and they'll give you a little concho. They have do you think, teeth uh, on their tongue. Uh, Jesus. Do, do you think that um, <laughs> uh, the, the goose grave situation will uh come up in untitled goose game maybe oh mm. man or they or you could just goose people well you i think you definitely goose people okay in the game. i think that's what a large large portion of the game is all about is there a dedicated people. button for it is there a point where in the goose game you try to eject from your uh fighter plane but the window doesn't pop off correctly and you're killed <laughs> yeah but i want to know is if they're ever going to name that game I think right now it's Untitled Goose Project or something like that. Yeah, I suggested Duck Duck. Duck Duck Gray Duck? No, just Duck Duck. Okay. Because their studio name is House House. called Gray Duck. They could call it Everybody House, just to be confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I hope they don't name the game. That you hope that it just comes out as Untitled Goose On Steam is on... uh, Actually, no, on Switch, because all the games should go on the Switch. Oh, yeah. Untitled Goose Project. What if it's just called Goose on the Loose? Yeah. Colon, Goose in the City. Uh, I'd still play it. <laughs> Colon, Future Pate. I'd still play it. Okay. Uh, what have you been up to, Jim? Uh, April and I, we watched Stranger Things, the second season. Okay. Still good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had... Like coming out of the first season, I was like, okay, that story's done. They don't need to keep going on that. Agreed. Um, and I thought I had read that they were planning on doing a new thing for the second season, but instead they kept going with the same characters. And the the kid that didn't have teeth grew teeth. It was weird. Um, 
It's pretty good. You know, I think they did a good job. Like, if they had to do more of that stuff, uh, it's it's still enjoyable, and they they uh, did a, as, about as good a job as you could expect. And uh, I still like those characters a lot. And uh, it's a good 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 TV show. And they teased uh, season three, which is again more of the same. So I'm a little dis- disappointed about that, but it is what it is. Do you remember being a kid? And there being a point where you had a tooth that was like halfway in, uh, and it sort of like hinges. Well, are you talking about the, like about to, about a tooth about to? No, fall I mean, out I, like I remember having baby teeth fall out, and I have my adult teeth now, but I don't remember a point where there was any transition between those two oh, states other than losing baby teeth. I don't remember gaining adult yeah, teeth. I don't. I vaguely remember there being like little. Like a Jab, little half a jabby half a things in the sockets. Nubbin. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like you never see children like that either. Maybe they're always going around with their lips shut because they are ashamed or something. How come we don't have a good time lapse video of someone's mouth from like age zero to sixteen? Because that would be horrifying. Yeah. Have you ever looked at a mouth? It's pretty bad. I don't. I don't try to. I don't even like to look at my own mouth. Oh, yeah, It just yeah. makes me think of skull. <laughs> okay. Any particular skull or your own? Uh, well, specifically my own, but skull in general. I'm just imagining that video now and all played in fast motion and then in reverse, so the teeth are like... Zhoop, 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 <laughs> oh, you can scrub zhoop. back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do to teeth. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, no, wait, you're supposed to scrub up and down. I thought you were supposed to make little circles. I, I think, think brushing your teeth is primarily to irritate your gums. Huh. That is my impression. And to get the coke fuzz off of them. Yeah, just like you like you're just doing a very light brush on the tooth, but what you're really mostly doing is like just making your gums stronger so you don't get uh, gingivitis or whatever. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and that's why you have to floss too. Is you to just use Brillo ir- then ir- irritate your gums. Yeah, you floss to get the chunks of meat out of your teeth. Yeah. I when you're old. A, I think that's a secondary feature. I mean, it's the primary reason I do it. Okay, well... I would never floss if it wasn't for that. That's yeah. why it gets easier to floss as you get older. You it's not because you become more disciplined. It's just the, you, your gums recede and you get more shit stuck in your teeth. Oh, I thought it was because you just were just eating nothing but meat constantly. Uh, that's also true. You're eating meat right now. I am. You have a whole just roll of hauls. A beef. Hauls beef hauls. Beef. These are the hauls of beef. Oh, God. What if, if instead of... Uh, savory halls yeah, yeah. Like little uh, <laughs> bouillon cubes is what I was thinking mentholated beef have you ever <laughs> put a bouillon cube in your mouth that shit is salty yeah it's basically, basically putting salt, salt in your salt? mouth yeah <laughs> it's salt and spices and meat it's got like stock oit yeah, it's got oit oit ve yep oit vate oit vate uh, riff uh, yes. Have you, He's have, been playing Pandemic Season 2. Have you been doing anything besides playing Pandemic Season 2? Have you played any video games? Let's get to the video game section. Um, I played a little bit of next week's assignment. Uh, still playing the WarioWares. Uh, nothing, nothing else new, really. Did you download them from a WarioWares <laughs> site? Juarez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I'm playing you, them on actual cartridges. Are any of us people who referred to Wares sites as Juarez sites? I, I did, ironically. Okay, yeah, but not, same. You didn't think it was 
called yeah. that. There, I remember encountering people who thought that that's what it was called hmm. and thinking less of them as a result of that. But that's stupid. Well, like, I've only ever seen it in writing. Like just as how that was pronounced? Yeah. And did they think like that they were all based in like Mexico or something? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and that that video game, The Call of Juarez, was a game that was like it was like the equivalent of steal this book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I played a handful of things, a little bit of them. Okay. Um, played some flip flop solitaire, which I assume that you will you will do some talking about. I'm real bad at it. Are you more flip or more flop? Uh, a little, little bit of both. I always have a flop sweat, but then I have a very flip attitude about my flop sweat. Okay. Um, so that's like a new game that Zach Gage invented to just play with a regular deck of cards. You could. I mean, I think he prototyped it with a regular deck of cards. Okay. It's just kind of a variant of Klondike with a lot of different rules, changes that there are only five stacks in the tableau. Tableau. Yeah, and you can play it where you have an entire deck of cards that's all one suit, yep. which is much easier and more relaxing than if there's more than one suit, in which case it's basically impossible, <laughs> uh, if you're me, because I'm really bad at it. I played about an hour of the new Wolfenstein game, uh, and that seems very, very good so far, for largely the same reasons that the first Wolfenstein game was. Uh, the discourse about that game makes it sound like there's a the story is is really well done. All the characters are really memorable and not, if not likable, at least like well-developed enough that they like all seem to have a reason to exist. Even the ones that I only kind of remember from the first game, they give you a nice long enough, but not too long previously. It literally just says previously on Wolfenstein (laughs) and there's a little movie that you're watching. And then you have to, you're reliving some childhood trauma and you're sort of like having some bad moments in your life flash through. Including the one where you had to choose between Wyatt and Angus in the first game so that you can establish which one you chose so they can decide which one is still alive in, in oh, this they game. Don't, they don't, like, load the old save file? I mean, maybe they would have, but I'm pretty sure I deleted that game a long time ago, so I don't know. I guess it, my saves are probably still there. Steam saves are saves, right? Yeah, usually when you delete local content, that doesn't mean save files as well. Um. But I, you know, I, I got about an hour into it, and it's good. Um, I, in on the advice of every podcast that I've listened to, I just immediately put it on the mode where it makes fun of you for being as a baby, <laughs> and I uh, still get killed every once in a while in a firefight where I'm not paying attention. Yeah, that sounds like the way to play that. Yep. Um, for the first level, you're like in a wheelchair, and movement is really cumbersome and frustrating the way that it would be if you're in a wheelchair. And I was really glad that that level did not overstay its welcome. <laughs> and I played about 45 minutes of Mario Odyssey. I found some moons. Oh, yeah? How many moons are there on Cascade Falls Island? Uh, so it depends. Um, I think there are only like eight or so the first time you go there. But when you beat the boss, like, so every world has... A certain number of moons that are initially available, and then there's a sequence of story missions, or in some cases just a story mission, usually ending in a boss fight, uh, at which point more moons open up. Um, so I think it's in Cascade, it's something like eight, and then it opens up to maybe 20. Hmm. And then after you beat the main story, you see, and you see the credits, you go back, and then there's like another 20. 
in, in, in every world. Wow. Yeah. And there, does it add new areas to the worlds? Uh, no, they just get, they get, uh, placed in the existing, uh, terrain. That's nuts. Yeah. It's a really dense game. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like, I mean, I keep finding stars. I mean, moons. Yeah. I be, I just sort of beat the boss right when it told me to. I only, sure. I yeah. inadvertently found one additional star. Star. Moon. I guess okay. it's kind of clever that they, you need four to power up the thing that gets you to the next level and you get three by doing the story missions. Yeah. So you have to find one thing. Yeah. One optional one. Yeah. Which is neat. Um, yeah. In the speed runs, like half of the levels, they don't actually do the story missions. They just get the random stuff scattered around and then move on. Mm. Oh, do you have to keep powering up the thing on every island? Uh, every, yeah. Level? Every level you need a certain number of moons to. Oh. Yeah. So the, I'm never going to not call them stars. You don't ever have to beat the bosses? Uh, you, you do on like half of them. Um, to do what though? To power up the Odyssey. There's yeah. not enough stars. There's not enough moons. I, to I do believe it that's, I believe that's why. Yeah. See. Uh, there might be in some of them, like, I think you might not be able to. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in at least one world, you actually just can't go back to the Odyssey before you beat the boss. Like there's another thing blocking you. Okay. Um, but uh, for the most part, I think it is just that there are just don't happen to be enough free-floating moons around. I'm yeah. finding the gameplay to be incredibly frustrating moment to moment, but it's so good that I'm doing it anyway. And I'm hoping that eventually I will either stop constantly fighting with the camera. Nope. Are you or, still having that problem? Oh, Jesus, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. I, like, there's basically never a time when I am not moving the camera except when i'm trying to jump and it's then sweeping the camera around to make my jumps not land where they're supposed to it's like this like yeah, the fact that the game arbitrarily seemingly like quasi arbitrarily just takes control of the camera and drives me nuts i mean it seems to have a really strong idea about where the camera should be at any given moment which would be fine if i didn't constantly feel like that choice was always 90 degrees off from the choice that i want Wow. It's yeah, unique. this is this is really interesting. Like I have not observed this like at all. Hmm. Like I I've definitely there are there are a few cases where like the game puts the camera here when I want it to be here and then I move it and then I'm happy. Uh but I've never had the problem and this happens all the time in in most 3D platformers that like the camera moves while you're moving and that changes where you go and then you you go the wrong way and die. Uh but that hasn't happened to me in this game. I've seen it happen to other people in speedruns, hmm. so I know it does happen. I mean, it's not like Epic Mickey bad, sure, but like, but like, what this what this says to me is that I can't trust my judgment here. Well, well. because I've uh, just been playing these games too much. Obviously, it took me I need to start playing it so we can have a fourth opinion. <laughs> right. It took me five or six tries to do the first like scarecrow challenge thing which is not a complicated no it was just the one where there were three platforms that spawn and you have to jump onto the platform and then it moves and you jump onto another one and then that moves and you jump onto another one i just like couldn't get the jumps to go in the correct direction because of the camera Mm. like because i was jumping i was not able to constantly be fighting against where the game wanted the camera to be to put it to where i wanted to be I, like uh, the instant I take my thumb off the stick, the camera just the game just fucks up the camera for me again, <laughs> and so it's super weird. I, I'm happy to hear that you're having the same experience with this, like because I mean I thought everybody was pretty much agreed that the camera in Super Mario 64 was fucking terrible. Yeah, uh, and this seems to 
this is reminding me of playing Mario 64 in a lot of ways. I mean, I appreciate that in order to have the sort of like richness and like real genuine three dimension, three dimensionality, uh, of the levels, you need to, you can't do like what 3D world did, yeah. right? Which was to basically have like, well, these are sections where you're going north, south, and these are sections where you're going east, west, and we're just always going to put the camera where you can just like play a Mario game. Yeah. Well, the, the weird thing is that like, Arguably, the Galaxy games were even more 3D than this, and they never had those camera issues just because there was, uh, because you were moving on a, on a curved surface, there was very rarely terrain for the camera to have to dodge out of the way of mm. or get hung up on. Yeah, it pretty much just always followed you from behind and at a slight angle bu- above, as far as I remember. Yeah. And man, do I wish that this game would just fucking do that. Like, is there a setting to just, like, put the fucking camera behind me, like in a video game, you asshole? Maybe if you just hold R all the time. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the button you use to put the camera behind you. Hmm. I could tape it down. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I, I never actually pushed that button, so I don't know if it's like it would be too close or what. Yeah. Anyway, it still seems real good. So what do you what do you like about it? I like uh, that there's a bunch of hidden things, but I keep finding them. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not hidden so well that I don't have the satisfaction of, uh, of yeah. achieving them. Uh, I like that there's no voice acting. <laughs> I like that the environments seem cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. I just, I just, like, you had just spent, like, Five minutes complaining about the game, so I was just like, "Wait, no, okay, no, so- no!" I mean, I spent five minutes complaining about the camera. Sure, like, that's true. That's a good that, point. It's, uh, you know, I like uh, pur- purple coins and getting those, um, grabbing perps. Yeah, I like, I like, uh, yeah, booking perps. That's what I say. Like, collect purple <laughs> coins and put them in my, put them in my, uh, you know, collection book, like the fifty state quarters uh, <laughs> booklet that you got. Um, what are what are purple coins for? I don't know. I mean, uh, there's they're um, forgetting they're forgetting fifty of. So the purple coins, there are uh, fifty or a hundred unique ones in every world, and you can spend them to buy souvenirs from that world. Ah, okay. Including outfits, which allow you to get additional moons. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I unlocked an outfit from an amiibo. Uh, Do I have an amiibo? Yeah, one came with the Wii U that I bought. Oh, so okay. I pulled it out of the box. I I, I unpacked it. Because I thought I needed to unpack it to scan it, but then it turns out I shouldn't have. Oh. It was just not scanning right, but I totally would have been able to do it without taking it out of the box. And let, no, maybe it wouldn't have, because there's like a foil thing under yeah. there, I think, oh, that stops you from scanning them without opening them. Oh, that's, that's probably so people don't like just go to the store with their DS and scan everything. Oh, yeah. Well, fuck that. Anyway, I mean, I was never actually going to sell this thing, but. Sure. Anyway. Well, what, what amiibo is it? It's the, uh, voxel. Super Mario. Okay. Um, from the Mario Maker Wii U bundle. Uh, and it it unlocked a five-minute timer on telling me where a moon was. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's, that, that's every Amiibo does that. that yeah, that seems real stupid. Um, well, the hint the- system is actually, like, really – like, it, it gets good when um, – you're towards the end of the game and the density of moons is lower. Well, the waiting five minutes seems real stupid. I think it's just a pacing thing. Hmm. You can also pay 50 coins. Right. And will those tell you about the same moons? There aren't moons that you can only learn about from specific amiibos, right? Right. 
or I mean a wiki article. Yeah, yeah. That's, they both draw for the same pool of moons. I mean, that's fine then. Like it just gives you extra ones. Yeah. I could see if you do it, it then puts a five minute cooldown on before you can use another amiibo. So you don't just keep doing that. But when I put the amiibo there, I was like, all right, we'll give you something in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you can then like scan all your amiibos and get like 10 hints in five minutes. Hmm. Well, I did scan all my amiibos. Yeah. And it gave me an outfit, and I can't, I couldn't tell you what's different about the outfit that it <laughs> gave me than what I was wearing before. I think maybe instead of like blue overalls and a red shirt, it was red overalls and a blue shirt. Oh yeah, the, the retro Mario. I think in, yeah. in Donkey Kong, they revert the the colors are reversed from what you expect now. Hmm. Classic American red overalls. <laughs> Nobody has that. Um, that was a co-op mode. Oh yeah, that's pretty bad. I, I was playing it with April, and we were actually enjoying it. Oh, yeah? Like, uh, what what was happening was that, like, she doesn't like doing any of the combat stuff and can't aim the hat, so I just, I'm the hat. Yeah. And I kill the bosses for her, basically, uh, as the hat. So, the problem that we were having with the two-player mode was that if the hat goes off screen, it's just gone. It's so, just you like... can hit, like, there's a button to return. Okay. As, as uh, I think it's... I, I don't know the buttons now. I, I, I don't know all the, the SNES layout. I think it's Y. Okay. Um, you can return to the head. But yeah, this is this, so th in this mode, you um, one person controls Mario and the other person controls the hat. The person who controls Mario can throw the hat as usual, or the hat can, like, the hat person can choose to then, hmm. like, doff itself and run around the screen. And you can get, you can, like, hit things that are further away than you normally could by just throwing the hat. Hmm. Um, Are there any stars that you can only get that way? Uh, no. I'm no, going to keep calling them stars now just to upset Kevin. Yeah, it's, you know, there there, there might be stars later. Um, uh, you can also, like, um, you can also cause Mario to jump, which can be irritating or useful depending on whether that's what they wanted at that moment. So if Mario <coughs> jumps and then the hat is on the head, the hat can then do a double jump. Okay. So that's that's useful. What is the thing I've seen videos or like animated gifs of people throwing the hat and then jumping out and then bouncing off the hat yeah. to gain like extra distance on jumps. So the, so the trick there is that to dive in this game you need to do a ground pound and then press Y. Um which I didn't know until the Cappy told me about it on the on the Odyssey ride to the last world. Um and so what you do is you you jump, uh, or you can long jump. Um, then you throw the hat. With, How do you long jump? Uh, with, forward and you have to be running. Y. You push the crouch button, and then you push the jump button. What's the crouch button? One ZL. of the the ZL or I think ZR will work too. Is crouch the same as ground pound? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, they're the same button. Yeah, it's the same button. Yeah, yeah, they both mean go down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you run, then you push ZL, and then you push jump. Um, uh, and if you do it the other way around, you run and then you push jump and you push ZL, you'll jump up in the air a few pixels and then do a ground pound immediately, which is not what you want usually. Um, so you, you can, you run, you jump, you throw the hat with Y, uh, then you push, uh, the ground pound button and then you push Y to dive out of the ground pound. And you can push that like immediately after you push the ground pound button. So you like as, 
as you're doing the spin right before the ground pound, you can dive out of that or you can dive at any point during the descent. Um, uh, and then if you, you, you are aiming towards the hat that you threw, you will then bounce off the hat. Um, at which point you're back in a jump animation. So you can throw the hat again and you can dive again, but it's hard coded so that you can't bounce off the hat a second time before touching the ground or a wall. You can, if you do, do a wall jump, you can then bounce off the hat again. Hmm. I find myself constantly accidentally doing wall jumps. Yeah. Yeah. They're nice. Even <laughs> accidentally. Yeah. Usually it's because I'm trying to jump and then the camera makes it so I jump into a wall. Okay. Have you, have you considered just like, like letting the camera do its thing? Getting good. The... <laughs> yeah. No. no. Never okay. even occurred to me. Okay. I, cause I feel like I thought I was just good at making the camera do what I want. But now I'm reconsidering and I'm wondering whether or not I just like learned to accept subconsciously what the camera wants from me. The camera's just trained you like those, uh, like, uh, you think that you got better at using the self checkout aisle at grocery stores, but it turns out you've just let the robots <laughs> decide how you, how you shop. There was a podcast about self checkout recently. I forget the name of the podcast, but it was one of those. Checked out while you're listening. It was one of those, uh, about life things. Um, that was a nonfiction podcast. Yeah. That was, um, talking about how, um, the self checkout line is almost always much slower than the regular checkout, but it seems faster to the people who do it. Hmm. So it's a, it's a better like customer service experience in that respect. But objectively, like you're, you're, you're behind a bunch of people who are, are not, this is not their job. So they're not good at it, uh, doing this thing. The only time I'll ever use a self-checkout is if there's nobody in line there and I'm only buying like one or two things. Yeah. And they're not beer. So basically <laughs> never. Yeah. Yeah. So I am um, in Mario Odyssey. I have now done every mission. So I, I, I had thought like that uh, this would be the Mario Odyssey game where I would have the inner strength to stop playing before doing the really dumb, frustrating missions at the end. But no, I just wanted to play more Mario, and so I went back and did the stuff that made me miserable. <laughs> but now that stuff is behind me, and I can, like, I have my golden sail. Do you feel a sense of accomplishment, or do you just feel like you wasted a bunch of time? Uh, kind of both. Good. Yeah. Do you feel happy or sad? I, just, I, I mean, like, happy that I am not now tempted to go do the dumb, frustrating missions. Okay. Sad that uh, there is no more Mario to do unless I want like the thing that's left uh, before I like truly 100% the game is I like I would need to grind out another 12,000 coins to buy two more costumes. 12,000. Yeah, there's a 10,000 coin costume in the shop. Did you unlock Luigi? No, I unlocked a Luigi outfit so I can be like a it is as if I am a short pudgy Luigi. Ugh. Um. Can you unlock Luigi, or is that just a joke? I don't think you can lock unlock Luigi. It's I, I was a little disappointed about that too. Can you be Toad? I don't. There's not even a Toad outfit. You can be Toad in Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, which is a different game. Or you can't jump. Right. Why can't Toad jump? <laughs> Does he have legs? Heavy. Even how I shot Web. Why, uh, why can't Metroid crawl? <laughs> how is Babby formed? Ah. <sighs> Oh man, the Miiverse is gone. They how they is, shut it down. How is Kirby formed? It's Jack Kirby. 
<laughs> oh, he's just made out of those little dots. That's right. no mystery. <laughs> what do you played besides Mario or or Ornery, Jim? Uh, I play. Uh, they Downwell was and possibly still is ninety nine cents on the Android Play Store, so I bought that, and then I played it for a little bit. And that's not a good game on phones. Chris uh, Remo really likes it on the phone for some reason, I think. That's interesting. And I don't like, understand why. I was looking through the options to try to solve this problem, and I didn't see anything. There was an option called Optimize. <laughs> Have you gotten to the point where you get to like pick a power to take with you on future not on the, not on Not on the phone. I did that on PC, but not on phones. Um because the floaty boots, the floaty boots, yeah, definitely made it more sustainable on the phone. Yeah, that that was what I had selected on PC as well. Um, my main objection to this game, aside from like the one that I expected to have, which is that touchscreen D pad is just a terrible idea. Yeah, um, is that this is a game where like you have to be looking below you to make like decisions at high speed, but my thumbs are covering the bottom third of the screen. Um, so like you can't fucking see what's down there. Well, you could, if you could either make your thumbs transparent or, uh, if you consider dying and becoming a ghost. Yeah. I, that's, that's, that would be preferable to playing more down well on Android. Wow. That is a strong indictment. <laughs> but then I would play it as a ghost. Okay. So really it's the best of both worlds. Right. Guys, this video game is haunted. It's the ghost Play anything, of Kevin? Worlds. Uh, the only new thing I played is Flip Flop Solitaire. The ghost of Beth Worlds. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Worlds. Jesus. Died in her sleep. We're, we're fucked. Well, now I have to go through all the worlds. Um, There's only two of them. Well, sure. Uh... So Flip Flop Solitaire, as Zach described, is just sort of a variant on Solitaire Zach Gage made. Um, it's there. Like one of the major rules changes is that you can go up or down when you build your stacks, and that's a huge. And you don't have to match suits, but right. you can only move stacks of cards that are the same suit. Yeah. Um, you can still, in a lot of cases, you can place. You can sort of one out your your rows that are. Like if if there is a if I have a king queen jack ten, and there is a seven eight nine somewhere else, I could click you know move the ten over and then the jack and then the queen and then the king, so I can get that whole stack even if they're of different colors. Um, so you just have to in a lot of cases you just have to be very careful about what you do and do not move on top of each other. You're kind of doing a score attack, like you're trying to win in the least moves, and, and it does a lot of, time. of record keeping for you. Like you did better than yourself at this previous thing, yay! It's yep. like Blizzard's psychologists always trying to figure out some way to make you feel good about your performance in Heroes of the Storm or Overwatch. Most improved, perfect attendance. <laughs> Doesn't Overwatch give some sort of bonus for new players? Oh, uh, like headshots are that easier was for or something. something else, but I forget which. I think the, that was there called was a, Duty, maybe. 
From if you're talking about the thing that someone brought up in the Twitter yeah. thread, that was um, yeah. that was a Gears of War game. Ah, okay. Where like their their analytics showed that if a player didn't get a kill in their first multiplayer match, they wouldn't play it again. Oh wow! And so they just like they gave you um, a a huge power increase at the in your first couple of matches, and then and brought you back down to regular over like the course of a few minutes. Oh, I see. I think it was pretty smart. Yeah, I thought so. Makes me want to go play exactly one game of that. Yeah, and then create a new save and do it again. No, I'll just play one game. Okay. Go out a winner. Yeah. That way, I mean, you know, a good KD record in a game that you've quit playing is forever. Uh, a K- KD record in a game that you keep playing is eventually yeah. terrible. It's, it's, it's like, like Shiggy said. It's like shooting one shot and getting 200% in Galaga. The 200% hit ratio. Does that happen? It's a it's a trick some people do. I see. Uh, it, it's kind of a dumb, like, trick to just pay a quarter to get, see that number be high. But, you know, most people, that when they get the percentage number, it's way lower than 200. I mean, really, when you play a Galaga, all you're doing is paying a quarter to see a number get high. That's a good point. I guess you get to shoot spaceships, which is actually the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you can be captured and then get the spaceship back, and then you're twice as powerful. Yeah, for not shooting anything, because you don't want to mess up your KD ratio. Right. How are you finding Flip Flop? I like it. I, I mean, I like the diversity of game styles, and I like the fact that I can just play a quick two-minute game of the single-suit variant. Um, it seems like he's fixing bugs fast and furious in it because like the very first time I played it uh, I had gotten myself sort of into a hole and I was undoing and I was like oh well I'll just reset back to the initial deal state but that counted as a loss which was annoying because I hadn't had any losses yet Um, yeah it's tracking a lot of things it's tracking the number of undos you use and whether and if you don't use any undos it keeps track of the number of games you've won without undoing um and sometimes you can get a real quick game without any undos at all um but i feel like that's a lot of luck like there's definitely some skill there but if you're really trying for a fast game you're uh basically just waiting for the stars to align yeah which is not you mean the moon yeah the moons the diamonds the spades i guess is this default suit well should we talk about the assignment nova 111 yeah sure yeah where'd you find out about this i don't remember it's been in my steam library for a while so i don't know where i got it when was this released 2015 2015 it reminds me a lot of uh this game called shattered planet which is another just sort of grid based okay roguelike that's does it have bland and then I bounced off of after about an hour? Both real-time and turn-based. No, elements. it doesn't. That was what I thought was by far the most interesting part of this game. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me a lot of Crypt of the Necrodancer in yeah, that way. Yeah, I was seeing that too, especially the way you you do the little dance with those first bird enemies you encounter. So, oh, yeah. Huh. I didn't I don't think I had really Well, m- mostly made just in that, that like connection. there's there are things pushing you to move or not move. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. With Necrodancer, it's way more relentless, whereas this yep. is little bursts of activity, which I kind of like a little more. Yeah, me too. Conceptually, at least. I mean, I love, yeah. like Necrodancer is a great game, and I love it. 
But is this are the levels in this game proc gen or no, are they just they're completely designed. authored? Yeah. Um, man, I wish they weren't so boring. There's a bunch of hidden stuff in them. I mean, but you're just talking about the art style. Yeah, kind of. I I found the art to be not great, and it's a little uninspired, maybe. Yeah, and I got to the fifth level that was still just those same rocks, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't need to see any more of this. I I I, I thought it was really surprisingly polished for like at fret, before yeah. the real time elements happened i was like this is like the most polished puzzle script game i've ever seen right um and then the real time stuff happened then suddenly that was less surprising like it I, I don't know why that that changed my expectations but like suddenly it was just overall a much more interesting package the 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 rate at which they introduce new mechanics is pretty slow uh hmm but each sort of world has at least one or two new things going on. Um, and I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I don't know. There are 111 scientists and I've rescued probably half mm. of them. I don't have like a good running total, but the, the scheme doesn't really seem to have like a menu. How do you like, is there a way to tell whether you've like found all the scientists in a given level? Uh, so is the, there a way to like the end adjust of the, the world, sound volume? They give, you, they give you a breakdown of whether you found all the secrets or scientists. Yeah. Um, it, it, the, in the sub levels of that world, there is not exactly. There's a map which you might not have used. I don't think I got to that point. It just, it's just available at the beginning. Oh, okay. Hit, well then, it's never. It is never explained. You just hit M. Oh. <laughs> and it shows a map. Um, and if you just look at the map, you can identify. 90% of the time you can identify where all the secret areas are. Do you sometimes have to go back to levels with later power-ups? There are some levels that some? you that you cannot get to every area without uh, later power-ups. Because I'm assuming that you eventually get some way to get rid of vines. No, not not so far. Oh, huh. Uh, you can... There are, is a power that lets you jump past a square, which is a way okay. to get past some vines sometimes. So that's... Um, and that is a way... Like, a lot of levels are designed in such a way that... Uh, with later powers, you can get through them much faster and in sh like both speed and shorter n numbers of moves. Right. Um, and there were a bunch of power-ups and scientists that I could just couldn't get to. That is That shouldn't be the case. There's only one level that I ha have, can think of where there was a thing that you really literally couldn't get to. There's a lot of hidden areas where they will show you the result of getting to the hidden area, but then you, you have to figure out how to get there. Oh, I see. And those are just like sections of wall that aren't real, yes. but are not otherwise called out. That's that, I mean, I don't have any. you can see them on the map, uh, and they do the, like they the fog of war acts differently around them. So you, if you're paying mm. a, like a bunch of attention, you can sort of tell. But it's it's yeah, I agree. It's not. This had the same problem that I have with a lot of Nova One One One. This game, yes, had the same problem that I have with like Brogue and a lot of other modern roguelikes where the Sight lines are a big deal, and it yeah. calls out the areas of the map that you can see by shading them differently. On the actual map. On the grid, on yeah. the screen. And While you're playing? Yeah. Oh, huh. I don't know that I noticed that. Because as you, I think as you take damage, you can't see as far. Oh, weird. Um, which I thought was clever, but what that kind of system does is it makes it so whenever you move most of the movement that is happening on the screen is just irrelevant, right? The things that are moving are not you or enemies, but in almost every case, just the edges of the visible space. 
hmm. that you have around you. And I just find it really visually distracting. And it's also in this case, it's distracting towards things that don't look cool or different enough to that. That, that makes, that makes me wonder like what, like, I feel like I never notice or pay attention to any of that extraneous stuff. And I wonder if, if it's a question of like, different ways that people focus on what's happening in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I was curious if this was like made by somebody that you knew or mm-hmm. why, why we were playing it. It's, it's very competently done. Like, yeah. I just figured it was something that you could play quickly on yeah. your trip. Yeah. Um, and still have something to say about it. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know much. Mm-hmm. What'd you think Griff? I thought it was cute. It was neat. I played. I only played through like the first two worlds, but uh, I don't know. I like. I like the sort of twist of it being a turn-based thing where not everything respects that turn-basedness. Yeah, that is really clever. the The writing is sort of so-so, and that. But I still want to have the opportunity to read it and i feel like if you are just zipping through an area it will show up on the screen and then be gone way too fast sometimes. does it go away after a certain number of turns i think it I yeah think i'm it's not location entirely sure. based it might be location based. It seemed hmm. to me the triggers are definitely location based at least right. initially yeah i would have expected that like it, when, when text appears it would go after like a certain number of seconds that would be ideal but it, and even it might even do that but uh because i have the opposite problem of zach where i'm mostly just focusing on my ship i don't always necessarily notice yep that some text has appeared up in the corner until it's fading away or whatever um yeah i don't know i the the messages when you rescue scientists are either just randomized from a canned list or procedurally generated in some way and i got the same two in, in a row mm. right away and i was like that's that yeah i started ignoring better. i started ignoring the writing in this game real early yeah yeah it's always like a little disappointing when like uh exhausted random or, or like drawing from a deck of cards instead of just pure random is like so obviously the way you should do that sort of thing right. that like it's, it's it's a little it's a little bit shocking like a like a little bit of a body shock like whoa when a developer that is like otherwise created a polished game does something like that yep. like fucking I see this all the time and it bothers the shit out of me and I wonder if it doesn't bother anybody else but like when text is appearing one letter at a time. And it only word wraps when a word gets too long for the uh, line, uh, and then it suddenly pops down to yeah, the left. That's the worst. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Okay, good. <laughs> it's not just me. <laughs> no, that would definitely bother me if I saw it. But then I also, I think I kind of get, like, figuring out how long a piece of text is on the fucking screen is one of the hardest problems in computer science. I... I, I solved that problem in a prototype of a game that I made very recently. Well, good. Why don't you share your sell code? It, sell it with, to the world. Yeah, I should, I should. So no one will ever be able to the, find it. Put it on the Love 2D asset store. Hmm. Is that a thing that exists? No. Okay. I was going to be impressed. <laughs> uh, guys, I am fading. Fading.
Yeah. It's What's our next assignment? Because getting sick. Yeah, I know. It sucks. I'm Riff. not getting sick. I'm not going to be sick. Riff, what is our assignment? Uh, our assignment is Million Onion Hotel, which is on iOS and possibly Android. I don't know that for certain. It is on Android. I By charming checked. Japanese man, Frank. Dandy Dungeon. T- tell your ride. I think that might be a Patreon backer. You're right. Speaking of which, you know who this episode of Video Games Hot Dog was brought to us by? Our generous Patreon backers, such as uh, Kazuhiko Ishiru. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Million Onion Dungeon. Grand Moff Junction. Uh, old Fashioned Bob. That was it. Okay. <laughs> Hitori Hanzo. Hattori Hinzo. Professor Henry Hatsworth. Professor Bigglesworth. (laughs) (laughs) Professor Plummelsworth. All right, guys, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 309 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we record another one next week. And we will, and we'll be in... Oh, yeah. uh, Well, I'll be in Arizona. It'll be after Fantastic Arcade, and we can talk about all the cool Fantastic Arcade games we played. We might might have a recorded segment or something from Fantastic Arcade. Oh, yeah. You record Uh, some beeps and boops? Yeah, we are. Beeps and boops. Gonna play the old my favorite arcade game, Deuce Groose. You could interview somebody. Yeah, I could interview Kevin. We'll be yeah. in the same house. Okay, that makes it easy. Gonna do it. So, Kevin, how's it going? Good. I'll say. Good. Good. He'll say. Find out if he's for more of this quality content. Dude to rescue the president. Ah, I wouldn't bother. <laughs> <laughs> Bad enough dude to rescue somebody- the ninjas. Somebody has to have done that, right? Like, if not, the, somebody the, should the redone the cutscene from the beginning of Bad Dudes, where it just cuts to whatever the ending celebration is that doesn't have Ronald Reagan, but it's just the bad dudes like drinking beers. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Thanks for listening, everybody. I've had a. Did I already say that I've had a great time recording episode number 309 of Video Games Hot Talk with you, gentlemen? And I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And if you do, you will. And if you don't, you won't. Cockabubabalaya, everyone. Good. Cockabubadook. Yes, you did. Cockabubadook. Have a great week. Patreon backer, Cockabubadook. Good night. There was a page at the airport for somebody named Dick Nuttall. And... I was just like, oh, also, sorry about your childhood, buddy. (laughs) Yeah.